Hello and welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. My name is Doug. I'm pastor of Faith Lutheran Church. We're a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and we are based out of Shelton, Washington. You can learn more about us at our website, www.faithshelton.org. I want to thank you for making this podcast a part of your day. Today, we're going to take a look at what the Bible says about reconciliation, the work of figuring out how to live at peace with ourselves, with God, and with one another. I'm going to imagine uh, the church as the Department of Reconciliation. I'm going to give you four guiding principles for our work as ministers of reconciliation. We're going to begin in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. Before we read, let's begin with a word of prayer. Oh God, we pray for some light today. We pray for a way to deal with the feelings that we're feeling. We long for peace. Please help us. Show us the way. Teach us to be ministers of reconciliation. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. And all this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the ministry, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Here ends the reading. So, when the Bible talks about reconciliation, it's talking about the repairing of a relationship, right? Two people, uh, two groups that were at enmity with each other, uh, two people who are on the outs and they get back together, former adversaries who now work together or at least get along with each other. We're talking about Simon and Garfunkel putting aside their artistic differences to sing a, po- a concert together at Central Park. Jesus teaches us to tend our relationships, to practice reconciliation with one another. So part of his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 goes like this. He says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. See, Jesus is saying that if you have something against your brother or your sister, work it out. Be reconciled to one another. We were created to be in relationship with one another. And so you can't pretend to worship God rightly if you're fuming about what so-and-so did to you that one time. Holding a grudge, hating your neighbor, this is the same as murder. It kills us. So let it go. 
keep short accounts. The book of Romans chapter 12 gives us this advice. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. The work of reconciliation is the conscious effort to be honest about and to tend to our relationships. We hurt each other. That's the human condition. But it's how we respond to the hurt. Do not repay evil for evil, the Bible says. This is the difference between living at peace and living at odds with each other. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This is the work of reconciliation. So there's reconciliation between people, but there's reconciliation that happens between us and God as well. The book of Genesis describes how humanity breaks trust with God. First, we cross a boundary, and then we deny responsibility. We hide from God. We blame each other. This is the problem. (laughs) This is not God's will for God's creation. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And so the Bible tries to understand what the answer is. And the Apostle Paul, who wrote 2 Corinthians and so many of the letters that make up the New Testament, time and time again, when it comes to understanding how is it that God saves us, what is the remedy to this sin that was experienced in Adam and Eve and continues to this day, he comes back time and time again to this language of reconciliation. So Romans chapter 5. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if we were, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Paul says it again in Ephesians chapter 2. For Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. And finally, from Colossians chapter 1. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now God has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in God's sight, without blemish and free from accusation. The gift of Jesus His sacrifice on the cross is a way for God to demonstrate to humanity that God doesn't hold a grudge for the thing that thing that you did that one time or or those things that we have always done. God demonstrates God's own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
So the cross is a, a sort of an olive branch extended to the world, to you and me. One theologian envisions the corpse of Jesus, that Christ's physical body has sort of wedged into the doorway between us and God. I died for you, God said, and there's nothing you can do to make me take it back. So that no matter what we do, the door of God, the door to God can never be closed. The death of Christ reconciles the world to God. It has been accomplished. So be reconciled to God. God has done all the heavy lifting. The door is wedged open. The offense has been acknowledged. All is forgiven. We are reconciled as far as God is concerned. So what are you going to do about it? After all, a relationship involves two parties. God has taken the initiative and now the ball is in your court. And that's when the church introduces the language of faith. Faith is the response to what God has freely done for us. Faith is when I set aside my shame, my anger, and my fear. Faith is when I stop running away from God. I stop trying to hide or blame. I stop trying to close the door on God. Faith is when I stop resisting and I let God in. I allow the amazing grace of God to sink in. Yes, Jesus died for me. When I was at my worst, God was at God's best. God does not hold my sins against me. The old is gone. The new is here. Folks, this is the heart of things. This is the whole Christian message that, that Jesus um, came to show you, to demonstrate that God created you, loves you, promises that nothing can separate you from God's love. I mean, we all know life can be crazy sometimes. Things are hard. It feels broken. These days it feels really broken. But no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been or what you've seen, God has removed any barrier any restriction, any chasm that, that you might think would keep you from God or keep God from loving you. While we were sinners, Christ died for us, for you. It's taken care of. Be reconciled, therefore. All is forgiven. Welcome home. Reconciliation is the healing of of relationship with my brother or sister. Reconciliation is the healing and restoration of my relationship with God. And then we're given the ministry of reconciliation. God's vision is the reconciliation of the whole world to God's self through Jesus. God has a vision of right relationship among all people. And so God has called us, charged us, the church, with the ministry of reconciliation to the world. So the Bible says that we are ministers of reconciliation, messengers of reconciliation, and ambassadors of Christ. And I think about that language. It sounds a little bit like God has set up a department of reconciliation, and the Holy Spirit has made the director of the Department of Reconciliation. And we're all the church, we're the, we're the employees, we're the staff. And our function as members of the Church of Christ is to implement the goals and programs of the Holy Spirit. We are public servants, ministers. We're in the reconciliation business. 
The Bible also says that we're supposed to be messengers. So each one of us is a sort of press secretary, right? It's our job to get out in front of folks, articulate the vision of the director, describe accurately what the department is doing, answer questions as best we can, and instruct the public as to what their role is in um, attempting to, to find reconciliation, to be reconciled to one another. We're a Department of Reconciliation, each one of us a press secretary, and each one of us an ambassador, an ambassador of Christ. We not only carry out the wishes of the director and report what's happening, we're also tasked with representing Christ himself, engaging others on his behalf, bearing the authority and the agenda of Christ, working to extend the influence of Christ further and further into the world beyond our borders. Church, we are the Department of Reconciliation, established by Christ, directed by the Holy Spirit. We are ministers, press secretaries, and ambassadors of reconciliation. This is our mission as a church. To carry out this ministry, we're given four operating principles. The first one is this, Jesus is our peace. In Ephesians 2, Paul wrote to a congregation that saw itself as being two distinct groups. There were the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians, and Paul tells them to get over it. The reconciling activity of Jesus broke down the dividing wall of his hostility. It isn't us versus them. Earlier distinctions between the groups is now irrelevant. We're a new creation. Jesus is our peace. We have a shared identity. We are a people who have been reconciled to God. The second operating principle is the Eighth Commandment. One of the most helpful tools we have in our Christian tradition is Martin Luther's explanation of the Eighth Commandment. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Well, that's the command. And what Luther teaches us is that this commandment means that we are to fear and love God so that we do not betray, slander, or lie about our neighbors. Rather, we should defend them, speak well of them, and explain their actions in the kindest way. That is, we are to assume the best in others. We are to reframe the negative, or the, to reframe the narrative. The third operating principle is that we're supposed to go first. Reconciliation requires someone to take the first step, to extend the olive branch, confess the sin, make the apology, ask forgiveness. After all, God went first, and as ministers of reconciliation, we go first. And the fourth operating principle is what I might call AFIDOI, uh, an acronym for as far as it depends on you. AFIDOI. Reconciliation takes two, after all. Relationships cannot be fixed by force or by force of will. And so Romans 12 teaches the AFIDOI principle. Live at peace with everyone as far as it depends on you. Now, I've already invited you to be reconciled with God. It all starts there, and the rest of it is, frankly, pretty hard to do without it. But on the other hand, sometimes the best way to discover the mercy of God is first by practicing it with others. And so, I'm going to give you some applications for these four operating principles, what it means to be ministers of reconciliation. And I wanted to invite you to consider applying these principles in three areas of life this week, with regard to COVID, with regard to Thanksgiving, and with regard to politics. So first, 
thinking about the COVID pandemic right now. Last week or two has seen a sharp increase in the number of cases of COVID-19. We're also hearing about vaccines becoming available in the next couple of months. Yay! And governors across the country are reimposing restrictions on our community life. Now, how might we who are employees of the Department of Reconciliation proceed? Well, we can remember and remind others that we're all in this together. My attitudes and my actions impact my neighbor. Each one of us is a precious child of God. We can do this together. Second, we can frame the current restrictions in a favorable light. Restrictions are unfortunate. They are imperfect. But they are a collective effort to slow the spread, save lives, and ease the strain on our health care system. Third, we can go first. We can go first by being examples for our kids and neighbors, putting their needs before ours. In fact, we can go first by volunteering to sacrifice our rights in order to make sure that our schools can reopen, that our frontline workers and most vulnerable can be the first to get the vaccine. We can wait. We'll be okay. And fourth, the Aphidoi principle can remind us that we're responsible for our own actions and we don't need to judge others when they make different choices. Well, how about over Thanksgiving? What can the Department of Reconciliation staff do to strengthen relationships over Thanksgiving? Maybe it's a little harder this year because of travel restrictions and political divisions. But maybe that's all the more reason to remember our unity in Christ Jesus, to put the best construct on the words and actions of our family members, to take initiative to promote peace and forgiveness within my own bubble, and give people space without judgment or expectation. And finally, in the realm of politics, can we be effective ministers of reconciliation in, a, in the context of our national political scene? I think we can. I think we can remind everybody that there's no us and them. There's only one people for whom Jesus died, all of us. Jesus is all the unity we need. Regardless of what news a person watches, we are all precious children of God. Likewise, let's make a choice to trust our neighbor, to speak well of them, to view and articulate their actions in the kindest way. In our department, we take our lead from God. We go first. We sacrifice our rights and our need to be right. We step back. We listen. We honor other perspectives. We remain open. We resist defensiveness or retaliation. And finally, we give each other space. We don't insist that others agree with us. We acknowledge that full reconciliation, full agreement, certainly won't happen this side of heaven. But it doesn't have to. In conclusion, <laughs> God's vision is the reconciliation of the whole world to God's self through Jesus. God has reconciled with you in Christ. And in faith, we are reconciled to God. And now the Spirit has charged us, the church, with the ministry of reconciliation to the world. It's time to get to work. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's We'll Preach for Food podcast. I'd love to hear back from you. You can contact me or get more information about faith at our website, www.faithshelton.org. I want to thank Chaz and Emily for their technical assistance with this podcast. 
I hope you'll consider subscribing to this podcast or liking us on Facebook, subscribing to our YouTube channel. All that's free. This ministry is supported by the people of faith and from financial gifts from listeners like you. Let's pray. We lift our voices, we lift our hands, we lift our lives up to you. We are an offering. Lord, use our voices. Lord, use our hands. Lord, use our lives. They are yours. We are an offering. All that we have, all that we are, all that we hope to be, we give to you. We give to you. We lift our voices. We lift our hands. We lift our lives up to you. We are an offering. We are an offering. Amen. Well, that's all I got for you folks. God made you special, loves you very much. God bless you. Have a blessed Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm.